Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. OTT, we're back with you. We have Amy and Michael Perry on today. The co-founders of Snoofy Bee, they're in Albany, Oregon. Yes, and we're very open, honest, transparent guys. So we will tell you, for those of you watching the YouTube video podcast, we're wearing different clothes in the interview because we did it yesterday and I screwed up the technology. It's hard. It's very frustrating working with amateurs, Tom. Is it? Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get let's okay. get down to this. So we actually spoke to them yesterday, but it was a great conversation. And as always, we're going to give you the details on what happened when Amy and Mike were on Shark Tank season nine, episode eight. What do you have for us? They uh, they brought out one of their babies. This is a baby product. This was their youngest of five at the time. <laughs> they, they've had one more, Emmett, uh, and they asked for an eighty-five. $1,000 investment for a 10% stake. So they have a patent pending on this utility. It's a diaper changing device or pad that kind of wraps up and snaps and totally distracts the child while you're changing the diaper. Now you have a baby. So well, you get well, yes. Well, I kind of, I, and my <laughs> wife will say I barely, your wife has a baby. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I, I don't change many diapers, uh, but I bet uh, you I've changed more diapers than you did with your adult daughter. Uh, so she's obviously well, she's well not, beyond as being an, an infant. As an adult, she doesn't wear diapers. Okay. But when she was an infant, yes. I changed. You ready? Yes. You ready? I'm just being honest. Three diapers. There you go. So I have done <laughs> well above three. So if my wife is listening, I'm not completely worthless, <laughs> like you say. So no, what I'm was, just kidding. What was beautiful about... Uh, so baby changing. And then the yeah. idea being is that you kind of wrap this apparatus. It's a changing table, if you will, a portable one. You wrap this apparatus around their waist. It blocks their hands from you know grabbing below their waist. But then it also distracts them with toys. So it makes the uh, you know diaper changing process less messy um, and hopefully a little smoother because they're distracted. Yeah, they have a, um, it was refreshing about this couple is they have no business experience and they readily admitted that. And that, I thought that was very cool. They did a $120,000 uh, Kickstarter. Well, you program. forgot the ask. Oh, they asked for 85000 Actually, no, I said it. Did you? I said it. Are you really? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. I did. Did you? You want to go back? No. Now, now 80, he's listening. 85000 for 10%, $850,000 valuation. <laughs> I, I did say it early on. So they did the $120,000 Kickstarter program, very successful. But then... Uh, they, that's how they funded the business. That's how they funded no the business. No business experience, didn't raise any money, didn't go to the bank and ask for a big loan. They did this Kickstarter, 120000 And they've done, in in uh, approaching the program, they've done 700000 in sales 
in two years, mostly online and Amazon online. And there was an interesting story with the Kickstarter yes. is that they had these manufactured overseas. They arrive and 30 percent of them were not completely finished. So they turn their 1,500 square foot home portions of it, and you'll, you'll hear about into, it during the interview, into a sewing factory, into a sewing factory <laughs> to complete and salvage as many of these as possible. So then, as you were saying, I'm assuming you were going to say, is 700,000 of total sales upon arriving into the Shark Tank, and then for the following year, they were projecting to do 650,000. Absolutely. They were spending about 40% of their total revenue on marketing, and it, it seemed like they came in, and we'll talk just very briefly about who went out uh, and who stayed in, but they it seemed like they really wanted Lori. They were kind of after Lori. Yep. Uh, but Cuban went out first. Uh, he, he thought it was the product was too hard to market. Uh, Beth Frankel. He, he was saying that you, you're going to have to keep marketing it, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to keep marketing and keep marketing and keep marketing. So you spend money to attract customers. You spend more money to attract more customers. And it just never ends. And uh, Beth Frankel of Skinny Girl fame, she was challenged by the fact there was only one product, one skew. Uh, Mr. Wonderful actually offered uh, 85000 but famous for bottom feeding. He wanted 20% of the company and contingent on the uh, utility patent getting approved. And he also recommended a licensing deal. And then Robert offered, uh, and he was challenged by the one product uh, concept as well, but he offered 125000 for 15% of the company. Yep. But it was about And then Lori. there was, yeah, and yeah. there was an offer from Lori. Yes. $100,000. For twenty percent, so hundred thousand will give you more than you asked for, but I want twenty percent. And she also offered on air to help finance some of the future uh, uh, offer uh, orders, but also they countered at one hundred twenty thousand for hundred uh, for twenty uh, percent. So they and, asked for an extra twenty thousand, and it was a done deal. And it was a done deal. She said done, and that was it. So. We're now going to go to the interview. But was it a done deal? <laughs> now we're going to go to our interview uh, conducted yesterday. Um, with different clothing on. <laughs> with different clothing on. Normally we like to do these back to back, but that's okay. And those of you listening, which is probably most of you, don't care anyways. <laughs> so we appreciate you listening. We're excited to bring them on. Mike and Amy Perry. All right, we are here with Mike and Amy. How are you guys? Hello. Hi, we're doing great. Yeah, we're doing good. Well, welcome to Outside the Tank. We're, uh, we, we just watched your pitch, and we're uh, so excited to hear uh, all about the experience and what's transpired in the last four years. Yeah, so much, so much to catch up on. But um, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the experience, the run-up to it, and what you can share about the experience. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you start with that? Love? No, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so there's a lot that goes into going on the show. You know, they, um, uh, basically you're getting ready to pitch to investors. So you have to have all your numbers in, in line and everything ready, almost like you would be selling your company. Um, so there's a lot of work there and you don't, you don't even know if, if you're going to, you know, be successful and get on the show. But uh, for me, that was really good as a business owner to kind of wrap my head around the numbers and really have to dig deep in everything and get that situated. But uh, but then as we went through the process and it looked more and more like we'd be on the show, 
uh, it was actually pretty nerve wracking for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it made you think more big picture about everything, yeah. having to really get down and crunch those numbers and like the facts, you know, <laughs> like you got to yeah. know your facts if you're going on there. And um, so that that was kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> Yeah, we, we watched a lot of Shark Tank to get ready for what kind of questions would be on there. And then, um, but really, I don't know. I don't think I was ready. I, I, I still feel like I wasn't ready going in there because seeing it on TV versus being there in person. And, um, you know, you have, you have all the sharks at once kind of talking over each other, trying to get their questions answered. And it's like, it, it's, <laughs> it's awesome, but it's pretty overwhelming. So. Uh, in how long was your pitch? Um, you know, do you remember exactly how many minutes you were actually in there in real time? Yeah, I think it was about 40 to 45 minutes, something around there. I thought it was close to an hour. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe. it seemed like but, all morning. <laughs> yeah. And so. was there anything interesting or remarkable that didn't air that you were you were surprised about or you remember? Well, uh, like I was saying... When they when they air the episode, they have the mic live on the person who's talking. But when you're actually there, it's <laughs> it's a lot like when I come home from work and all of my kids, because we have six kids, they're all trying to talk to me at once about something, yeah. and uh, trying to figure out <laughs> who to talk to and, and which which questions you can answer. It's it's so you're actually kinda, uh, you're, your head's on a swivel, going back and forth, trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah. 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 And uh, we. <laughs> After we got out of the, the tank, we both talked to each other about the, the same thing that Robert Herjavec, when we started feeling anxious or like, you know, yeah. uh, just getting a little nervous, you look up at, at Robert Herjavec and he's just got this these bright eyes and this huge smile and like kind of helps you calm down a little bit. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Kevin O'Leary, you don't want to look at him. He's just giving this like dead stare like this. But, no, but Mr. Wonderful... Doesn't Mr. Wonderful doesn't appear to be the calming influence. So Robert's that teddy bear that you look at that that calms yep. you. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Um, he loves kids. In fact, like whenever we talk Shark Tank with anyone else, I'm like, if you have a product and it has anything to do with kids, bring kids. <laughs> like, yeah, I it's kind of it is nerve wracking too in and of itself because you're like, what? How is my kid going to behave on television? You know. Um, but really it went super, super well. And they loved our son, like, especially Robert. He was like, yeah. Oh, getting started. So Emmett started to become like this beautiful little pass around toy. I noticed. And then yeah. <laughs> at some point you had to grab him back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and he was one of the things that made us the most anxious because, you know, with the baby, if they're in a bad mood, if he, would, if he had been crying while we demonstrated the product, it would have just gone south quick but. Um, and I was still a nursing mother so I'm like there's an 80 percent chance that he might I don't know reach <laughs> down there on national tv <laughs> as I'm walking out like I was a little worried about that honestly yeah but um it ended up paying off big because like he was such a such a big hit and I think he kind of softened their hearts a little you know so yeah it was good it and was that good. was yeah, it, 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 they're they nicer to us than they are to most people and mm -hmm. I think it's because of our son. And, and you, you at the time, Emmett was your youngest, but now you've had another one since. Yeah, yep. just one more. 
Okay, just one more. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got one, and my hands are full. So I God bless you. I've got to I've got to say something, and I think Amy, it was you that admitted that, and this made me fall in love with you guys. You admitted, hey, we have zero business experience. <laughs> I just love it. It's true. It's like everything we've learned is a school of hard knocks, you know. So um, we go down one avenue and decide, oh. That's not the way to go. Got to backpedal and everything. Yeah. But, you know, like business is a lot like parenting in that. So I feel like parenting prepared us for that in a way, you know, you always fall and you always get back up. Yeah, you fall forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the goal. So you did that Kickstarter. You got 120000 and then the units showed up and were like two thirds of the way done. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, about two thirds of them had issues, and so we had to we had to unpackage everything, inspect them carefully, and then um, have the ones that had issues get sewn. So our whole house, and we have a fifteen hundred square foot house, and our our whole living room and um, dining room area was a little workshop, and we just invited uh, friends over and people that we knew were out of a job at the time, and we just got everyone around the clock in our house um, going through product. And uh, luckily we ended up um, saving everything that, that was good. And we had a lot of you know positive experiences from, from our customers and um, you know things went well and we got everything out on time. Yeah, it I was, was say, that's the biggest thing. We got it out on time, which was huge for us because we're looking at this and it's like, we got to either roll up our sleeves and do it or you know, I don't know. I don't feel like it was really an option to go back. In that and Kickstarter, did that allow you to, that was basically your seed money to get started versus yeah. you know, bring on an investor? Yeah. Yeah. The great thing is that we were profitable from um, really the get go. So we've never had a, a period in our business where we weren't profitable because of starting through Kickstarter. So, so it was, I mean, the Snoofy B product, great product, and we did a highlight on this before we came on the air with, with you, but the Snoofy B product, really cool and inventive product. It it kind of distracts an, an infant while you change uh, yeah. their, their diapers, and just a brilliant little uh, product that you had at the time a utility patent pending, so you'll tell us if you secured that yet, but what I noted is that you were at a cost of about $6 a unit, and you were retailing it for about $30. Are those numbers still the same or have they changed? Um, a lot of times it's, we're retailing now for about $25. The cost um, kind of goes up and down just depending on um, uh, the, the price of things. Like right recently, um, uh, shipping has been really expensive this last year with COVID, obviously. And then um, tariffs have been expensive. So the cost goes up. But but yeah, we've been able to maintain that um, profit margin pretty well. And um, we've been able to launch a few other new products along with it. So, Well, that, that's what I wanted to ask you. So what what's changed since it aired? Because you had um, the one product and obviously that was, you know, that's a common thing on the show is, oh, well, you're a product, you're not a business. So right. what, what other SKUs do you have now? How's that gone in terms of other things you've rolled out? Yeah, you want to talk about other stuff? Yeah, so <clears throat> actually going on Shark Tank and um, 
getting that exposure. And then we were able to, um, we were able to get sales from that exposure, helped um, fund some of our projects that we've been doing since then. So we've come up with some more um, products for parents, like um, our, we've got a section go bowl. So it's just like, it nests into it. It's made of silicone and it's uh, food safe. So you can put in a snack here and then you can close it, it seals in. And it also sections to the table as well. Most smooth surfaces, you know. And it's, it's nice when you do go out again someday <laughs> to, um, to be able to, like you could share something. You know, a lot of times I won't order a whole meal for my baby, but I'll bring us something that I know for sure they're gonna like. And then I can share whatever I'm eating with them. And then in the end, you just pack it up neat and then you can take it home and just throw it in the dishwasher. It's easy peasy. Yeah. So, so, so instead of being a suctioning bowl that has a lid on it, uh, it's a suctioning bowl where the lid is actually a second bowl. So you can, um, it's just a lot more versatile that way and you can um, bring a lot more food along with you. That's fantastic. So have, yeah. Do you have a name for that product? Yeah, this is called the Suction Go Bowl. Makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. I love it. So tell us, you know, the show airs. What what happens for you guys personally in the business, you know, in those 48 hours, 72 hours after the show aired? Well, so <clears throat> that week after it aired, we made as much in sales as we had um, the whole previous year before. So... So sales went through the roof and luckily we were prepared for that. We talked to some people who've been on Shark Tank before. And so we had inventory ready. Um, and then really ever since then, sales have been at least double what they were before um, we had gone onto the tank um, with those products. So it, it was huge for us. Like by far, it's the biggest thing that we've done. You know, we've tried lots of different ways to get our products out there. Um, but I mean, even just a couple of weeks ago, there was a um, there's a limited um, you know a, a regional reshowing of our episode, and you know we we see this a spike in sales from that. So yeah. it's cool because years later, it's still um, still helping us out. And people probably see you on the street and sometimes recognize you. Uh, well, it's happened to Mike. It didn't happen to me. In fact, that was one <laughs> of the most disappointing things because it aired. And I'm thinking, I'm going to Costco this next day, and I'm thinking, my 15 minutes of fame, <laughs> not a single person, I'm telling you, it was like, Oregon, you've done me wrong. <laughs> so. People that we know, of course, but yeah, and then, then, yeah, every once in a while, we'll, we'll come across someone. <laughs> So you do the you do the deal with Lori. What can you tell us about you know your relationship with her? How she's helped the business? Go ahead. So like with Lori, ultimately our deal fell, fell through. Mm. Um, we were able to um, you know talk with her and converse. She's so like going into the tank. Lori was like our ideal person that we yeah. really wanted to pitch. Too. And the fact that she considered us at all was like a huge, like, ego boost. I, guess. Yeah. I don't know how else to Definitely. Confidence. Um, yeah, it was a huge, huge <laughs> ego confidence. Anyway, um, yeah, it was absolutely amazing that she made a deal with us. And even if it had, you know, the fact that it fell through was no big deal because, like I said, her interests meant so much to us, I think. 
and yeah. it just it didn't work out and that's fine and but honestly the amount of sales that we made was um incredible you, yeah. you, you got what you went there for it sounds like yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i and and we didn't have to give up anything so and she gave us some great information spent a lot of time with us on the phone she was really amazing to work with but yeah so the sharks i mean it, it's really authentic it's the first time they're seeing a product um, unless they've just randomly seen it, you know, on themselves. But so obviously um, they have the chance to look at their numbers, make sure everything works for them. And um, we we would have the opportunity to back out or they would have the opportunity to back out. And it didn't work out for that deal, but she was just really, really helpful for us and um, moving forward. So it was great. What are what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout the pro that that particular process what what were some things that you changed in the business or you took away from that whole experience well for me it, it was really really focusing on um how our advertising dollars are doing with our product because uh, we we've been focusing on that before but just really trying to dial that in has been a huge focus of mine ever since being on there and um uh, realizing how important um, things other than paid media are, um, making sure that our Instagram is doing as good as possible and that um, we're in front of people as often as possible. Because, you know, seeing how effective that demonstration on TV was compared to a, a paid advertisement was, was huge for us. So if you were able to talk to yourself just before you walk through the doors uh, and entered the uh, shark tank, what would you tell yourself? Ugh. Maybe to breathe a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, you know, like it was, it was so stressful, but it was also just so amazing and so surreal. The fact that we were there, we were doing it. Um, I don't know. Maybe slow down we probably talk like a million miles per hour honestly yeah. <laughs> yeah oh here's something funny that that didn't get aired is that i was talking and talking and my voice is getting dry so they came out and gave me a glass of water and i just i was concerned that i was going to take a bunch of time if i drank my water slow so i was just gulping it down and they're they're laughing at how fast i was drinking my water <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious i thought is he going to have a heart attack? <laughs> you know, when that, it, it's funny when that red light goes on, it's like an outer body experience. Everything is. Is, is crazy. <clears throat> I wonder how has your distribution changed? Um, is it wider now? Are you in some majors? What's changed in terms of distribution for the products? Yes. So we focused um, over the past few years on getting in a lot of um, online channels and then also we're, we want to work with the smaller shops right now still because uh, we want to keep it a, a specialty item. Something for uh, um, the smaller mom and pop shops to have that, uh, you know, Walmart and Target doesn't have. So we are online on, on walmart.com and on amazon.com, but we're, um, we're pushing on getting all over America and also in Canada and Australia and a few other places. Um, in those small shops so gotcha um, obviously with COVID it's been hard for the small shops right now but um, it's yeah. been great to work with them and I think a few 
the Sharks had recommended to you or said, oh, you need to license this. Is that something that you pursued at all? Um, no, it's it's something we haven't pursued. We really like being um, in control of it. And um, you asked earlier about the patent. We did get our patent from uh, uh, that came through and it's been huge for us because uh, in fact, Lori, Lori warned us this would happen. She said a few months after this airs, you're going to have knockoffs everywhere. And that absolutely did happen. So we still do, but on Amazon, we're able to get those removed right away because of our patent. And then um, uh, if we, because our patent is strong and it's, it's held up um, in disputes, we're able to, you know, we're able to go after those people who are infringing on our patent. And there, there've been, you know, they'll do things like take images of our own kids and stuff that we've had in, in our ads and they'll put them on theirs and they'll make it look like it's our product. And then if you order it, it's, it's really different. Like it, and it's, it's bad. Like it's just yeah. it terrible is, quality. Is this knockoff stuff being done domestically, uh, internationally or both? It's just being done internationally. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, just some, some person in Asia will just, so try to sell a bunch on Amazon or on wish.com or something like that. So damn it, there's only one Snoofy B. <laughs> <laughs> and are they are, are any of those knockoffs? Did they put something in there like as seen on Shark Tank? I'm trying to think. I I haven't seen that. In- I haven't. Like that would be such a huge, like, I don't know, red flag. I would feel like yeah. someone would come down on them pretty hard. But um but for sure, they're using like our images with our son, you know, yeah. in the changing pad, which is a little bit much, but yeah. But we just come to realize that's just part of yeah. what happens. You find when you have a successful product, then people just right. knock them up. Right. So. It's just another sign of success, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a sign of uh, flattery for sure. Uh, I'm curious, have you been able to keep your cap table uh, in check other than the, um, the raise you did? on Kickstarter or have you- well, That's uh, not equity. That's, yeah, but other other than that raise, has there been any other formal raise? Sorry, say, say that again? Other than the Kickstarter money, have you done a formal raise? Have you done a friends oh. and family raise or have you c- continued to bootstrap the operation? No, we, we've been able to bootstrap it and just roll forward with, um, with what we have. Good. So sales have continued to grow. What does the future look like for the company? We're going to be launching a, a number of new products. So um, if you go to our website right now, there's there's more than just the suction bowl and the changing pad. But we also have in the works um, a, a teether that will help out during uh, teeth brushing time. Because that's um, with our toddlers, they're always chomping down on your toothbrush when trying to get their back teeth and things like that. So we're we're making something for that, and we're making um, uh, a set of diaper bags that can open easily every pocket one-handed. So just things that that we as parents run across that, that just frustrate us, and if, if we can't find something that's really helpful on the market, we, we look into making it, and if we can make it happen, then that's what we do. So those will be coming out in the next few months. And so when you roll something out are you going to your existing retailers and saying hey we we got something new that's awesome and we'd love you to carry it yep yeah we do that we um like with the suction bowl we launched we launched this on kickstarter to get funding for it and to 
Kickstarter is good because you both get funding and you can also tell if there's interest in the product. Yeah. So we we actually launched a few Kickstarters that that weren't successful and it was a good indicator that you know that product isn't something that people really care about that much. So um so we it's a pretty immediate focus group, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's the best focus group you can get because um it's it's a new group of people and they're actually taking out their wallet to support it. So are there, um, you know, as you look to the future, are there anything that concerns you, any major challenges, or do you think that, hey, we're, there's always going to be new demand for these products as new kids and new families enter the enter the world, um, and you'll just keep creating stuff? I mean, is there anything that, that keeps you up as night as entrepreneurs, or do you feel good about where you're headed? What do you think? I feel like as long as we're doing something new all the time, we'll be okay. And um, and keeping up on on current tre- <clears throat> current trends, like Facebook, there's always new changes on how you can advertise on Facebook. Um, just last week, there are some big changes. But as long as you keep on top of those things, um, it, it's pretty. I, I I feel like it's it, it's safe going forward. There's going to be there's going to be lots of opportunities for entrepreneurs going forward. And um, I, it's probably the best time really ever for someone just to have an idea and decide to launch it because it's, you can, you can go online and spend a weekend online and, and figure out everything that you need, you know, when you're at a point where you're stuck and almost for free a lot of times. So yeah. it's just an amazing time to. The world is flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the world is flat. Uh, I was wondering who owns sales for Snoofy Bee. Uh, are you in charge of business development, Mike, or do you have uh, do you have someone else doing sales or biz dev for you right now? Yeah, I I do most of it, and then we also um, we we hire out with different people um, just with their skill sets, like for advertising, for um, social media. Yeah. We have someone who helps with that, which has been great. Right, and then. Um, we do a lot of our sales through websites like tundra.com and um, fair. Gotcha. So we can advertise there and we can find new clients there. And um, we're, we're actually part of a, a, a group of entrepreneurs where we share contacts with each other. And so we have um, just this great network of people that can help us out when we come up against something we don't know what to do. And how, how beneficial is your existing customer base when you roll out new products? Has that been helpful? And hey, guess what? We have something new that's awesome you need to check out. Yeah, that's huge. Now, obviously, a lot of people they'll have they'll buy our, our changing pad when their child needs it. And then, you know, two or three years down the line, um, they don't have a, a baby anymore. They have, you know, an older child. So um our our customer base does kind of have an expiration date, but it's super helpful when we're rolling new, new things out. Right. Are yeah. you able to, do you track someone? So if I were to buy the changing uh, table now, um, would you push something out to me in 36 months because you think I'd need that product then? We do. If you sign up for our newsletter, we'll send things out to people. Yeah. So, so I'm guessing product development, Mike and Amy, is about thinking 
thinking about what that toddler is going to need and that seven-year-old is going to need, is that a little bit about where product development is going in your mind? I think so, just because that's what hap that's what's happening to us as parents, you know. Um, we just kind of roll through life and we find pain points that, you know, and when we talk to other parents, we notice, okay, well, this is a pretty common pain point. And so, um, you know, so that's how we'll kind of think about and develop the next thing, you know. Yeah. We we try to we try to mold all of our products around problems that are actually persistent and real in everyday life for parents. And um, sometimes that ends up being, you know, uh, something we're working on now is for a baby. And then the next thing we're going to work on is for someone who's four years old. Sometimes it's like that, but sometimes it's just, um, you know, as those pain points come up where <laughs> we just realize how big they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're, you're living it. You're in the cauldron of it. So yeah. there, there's no lack of logistics here when you have five or six kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you had any discussions around an exit for the business or do you think that you'll own it for many years to come? Does, does that thought ever cross your mind one way or the other? We keep everything on the table, but we haven't, um, we haven't looked at seriously at selling um, for right now, but yeah, I mean, everything is, we like to keep everything on the table and every option available to us right now. Um, but I think eventually, uh, when, when all of our kids are out of the baby stage, it might be, it might be, either we kind of shift the company, the, the products to, you know, what parents with older kids are looking for, or we, um, we might end up getting to a point where we try to pass it on to someone else. So. Is there, is there anything about the appearance or how you pitched, um, that you regret or would do differently? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? It went well, so. Yeah, yeah, I have no regrets, <laughs> honestly. It's nerve-wracking because I feel like I probably said a lot of stupid things, but thankfully, like, they didn't air that, so, you know. Well, the, yeah. If you said stupid stuff, the edits were very kind to you because. They were. Again, you came off really cool, uh, really genuine, just, and, and I love the fact that you admitted that you had no business. That, that's fantastic. I have no business experience. And that to me was just so authentic. I just love that. Oh, yeah. I have to say, I was surprised at how they made us look in the edit, like, because I felt like very, very nervous the entire time. Yeah. And they came off in the edit as we seem like we're doing okay. So yeah. Well, they obviously um, liked you because if they like you, they make you look good. If they don't like you, right. they yeah. don't make you look so good. Yeah. yeah. So I I really think it helps to bring a baby on there, warm them up, <laughs> give them a good mood, and then they end up being nice. You just give it your all, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> even if the baby has nothing to do with the product, just take someone's infant. <laughs> yeah. And right. Makes you uh you know sympathetic. Yeah. So, you know, as we wrap up here, I'm curious, as you look at, you know, the next 12, 18 months, is there one key thing that you're focused on that you think would make a big difference and, you know, be it, hey, we need to 
create four new products or we need to be better at, you know, organic marketing. I'm just curious if there's one key thing that you're really focused on that you think will drive the growth of the business. Well, because I like innovation, the key thing for me is always um, product launches. So, um, yeah, really for us for the next year, it's going to be focusing on these product launches, making sure they go as well as possible. And I feel like now that I have some experience with it, I know um, I know what to look for in a product idea that, um, and, and I know how to, how to vet it before I launch it. So um, and I'm looking forward to, to bringing more items to the market. Well, and I'd imagine that by now you've gotten pretty dangerous at you know, testing the waters on Kickstarter, uh, launching a product with your existing base, leveraging social media. So I'd imagine you're continuing to get better at really marketing uh, these products when they first come out. Yeah. Good. Any other? No, I just, it was a, a pleasure, Amy and Mike, uh, chatting with you. Uh, you're in Albany, Oregon, correct? Yep. yep. And we're in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, oh, yeah. And it's been raining for the last two two days here, which it never rains in Scottsdale, so we feel like we're in Oregon. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> it's been raining here too. So. <laughs> but no, just uh, what a what a great time we've had chatting with you. Uh, and again, there's only one Snoofy B. Yeah. Stop it, all you patent infringers! We're coming after you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and yeah, in closing, where where can people find you? Website address, social media. What what can people do to follow you and and continue to support the growth of the business? So um, definitely on our website um, at snoopyb.com. And um, if you're really interested on you know checking out our you know our next launch of products, um, join the mailing list there. Or on our Instagram, it's uh, Snoopy B, or on Facebook, it's mostly primarily where we are. So, mm -hmm. and and then that way you can keep up to date on what we're doing next. Yeah, Instagram is where we do most of our um, announcements and just posts and everything like yeah. that. Well, we love the business. We love you guys. We appreciate the time. I know everyone's going to enjoy this interview, and this was well, fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so Thanks. much for having us. Bye, Amy and Mike. Take care. All right. That was our interview with Amy and Mike. Awesome couple. Awesome interview. It was great having them on the show. Yeah. Post game. We have some notes. We're going to go to the board. Yeah. So this, is our, this is our uh, whiteboard session post game outside the tank. Maybe we'll come up with a better name for it eventually. Ah, I like post game. And I have okay. a red pen. Not that you could see this blue stuff on the board, but I'm going to go through my notes real quickly, Tom. First. Let's hear it. Uh, Amy and Mike prep for the show, and it caused them to actually up their game. The prep and the run-up to the show caused them to create a bigger vision and gain a lot of clarity on what their business model was, wh what it wasn't. Also, he knew he had to know all his numbers. Yeah, so you know, you and I, when we're working with entrepreneurs, often talk about preparing your business and running your business like you're going to sell it. And we say that because you should have clean financials. You should you know, have a business that's not reliant on one person. You should build a strong leadership team. There's a lot of things that you do if you're going to sell a business that maybe you're not doing as in you're in the rat race, you know, on the hamster wheel of running a business. So our new saying may be, 
run your business like you're going on Shark Tank tomorrow. And I say that because it's going to force you to know your numbers, be organized, know the strategy of the business. Like imagine five people peppering you with questions. Can you answer them? And if you can't answer them, that concerns me if you're an entrepreneur and that stuff is puzzling to you. Absolutely. But it forced them to up their game. Coming out of the show, there was more focus from Amy and Mike's perspective, on their advertising and marketing dollar. They were challenged on having 40% of their revenue go straight to marketing and advertising. It caused them to really ask, Is that uh, are, are we really in a position to maximize the return on investment for our marketing dollar? So just one of the things they were challenged on caused them to think and put some, put some time into that. In addition, how they use Kickstarter, I thought was fantastic. They use Kickstarter not only for funding orders, but they've taken different product SKUs to Kickstarter to prove concept. Because we sometimes, as entrepreneurs, we fall in love with our product idea, our invention, our service, whatever the widget we are, uh, moving out our back door and selling. We fall in love with it. They don't fall in love with the product. They test it. So as much as Kickstarter is a funding tool, it's really a uh, go-to-market proving out tool for them. Absolutely. And that was the first thing I'd written down was I love the idea of starting a business on Kickstarter. Now, you've got to have a product um, that people want to buy that they think are cool. So not every business is going to work on Kickstarter. But if you have a product, what a cool way to test the waters, to see if there's actually demand for it, to prove the concept. And it's your fundraising. So, you know, rather than a high interest loan or taking a second out on the house or hitting up uh, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa for money, what if you just test the waters on Kickstarter? So I love that. And they still do that. Right. Okay. And I think that's a great thing. Now, the second thing I took away from the conversation was once they have proven the concept to really get the new products up and running, they're funding it from sales. So yeah, maybe they could grow the business a bit faster if they borrowed a big chunk of money from the SBA or from their local bank. But they have not saddled their company with debt or they have not decimated their cap table. They own 100% of the company and they don't owe money to anyone. And that's a great way to run a business. So I love saying, hey, maybe we'll grow a bit slower, but we're gonna fund the future of the business through our sales and our profit. Um, another key thing for all entrepreneurs listening to this, they made mention of how they're constantly keeping up with the changes that are occurring on social media if you're marketing a product on there. So, you know, if you're going to market a product on social media, this is not a, hey, I'm going to take a crash course or read a book or take an online course and then boom, I'm off and running. You'll be good for about 30 days yep. and then things will start changing and the algorithms will change, and the placement of certain things from a functionality will be different, and what worked then won't work now. So if you are wanting to grow a business through social media, particularly paid advertising on social media, you have to really be savvy at keeping up to date with best practices, changes, because it's constantly changing, okay? Um, I also really like, so they create this diaper thing. Uh, kids wear diapers the first few years of their life, okay? But what I like is the other products they're creating are basically extending the lifestyle, life cycle, and the lifetime value of that customer. So would you rather acquire three customers for a $20 product 
or one customer for $60. Well, you're going to make a better return on your investment of the advertising, the cost acquisition, if you can get $60 out of someone versus just 20. So I love doing that, you know, and, and it's no different as a restaurant when they want to, you know, they want you to spend $50, not $30. So we're all trying to extract more money out of our customer, obviously by providing them additional values. So they've taken a child or a family and they've said, hey, we can help you in four different ways versus one way and then you're done. Um, and then the last thing that we, you know, had asked about towards the end was, you know, we always like to ask entrepreneurs, what's your one thing? What's your main driver? What's the, the thing you're focused on over the next 12 or 18 months? And what they said was innovation. And I think it's so important that we can't rest on our laurels. We can't assume that, you know, we're just going to ride off into the sunset and our business is going to continue to grow. We as entrepreneurs have to act a little paranoid. We have to, you know, what's next? What are we going to build? And, it, you, you know, you got to do two things at once. You got to keep your focus on growing the business, but you have to update, tweak, innovate. And so they are constantly looking to innovate with new products. And, and there is such a thing as healthy paranoia. Yeah. And so they're constantly like, what can we create next? And then they're testing it on Kickstarter, not burning money, you know, uh, ordering 50,000 units of something that they can't sell. So this was a lot of fun. This was a great conversation. Really enjoyed having them. Yep. Um, as always, if you want to uh, have a conversation with us, you're an entrepreneur that says, hey, I'd love to bounce an idea off you. Um, we also have a brand new book coming out. By the time you're listening to it, it may out. already yeah. be out. That is free for all of our listeners. Um, and then check out the Growth 10 community, which is our business, uh, where we bring entrepreneurs from all over the country. We put them in small groups. We do a lot of stuff across the country. Uh, education, speakers, a private community. So if any of those things sound interesting, as always, you can go to OutsideTheTank.com. That's OutsideTheTank.com. And all of that stuff is there. It's there for you at no charge. We love you guys. We love you listening. We appreciate the support. And we'll see you next week on an all new episode of OTT, Outside <laughs> the Tank. Bye, everyone.